You're listening to Two Smart Assets with Chris Thompson and Danny Nichols. This is your source for passive investing in real estate syndications. It's time for us to gain knowledge and take action. So let's go. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. This is the Two Smart Assets podcast. I am your host, Danny Nichols, here once again with my co-host, Chris Thompson. Hey, what's going on, Danny? It's good to see you, man. Good to see you too, man. We had an all-star of a guest this week. Tell the listeners who we talked to today. Hey, you're right about that. Uh, today, we brought in George Abreu. Uh, George is the CEO of the Elevate Commercial Investment Group. And today, we spoke about you know just the importance of due diligence, stuff to look for, and stuff to not miss. Uh, we also talked about capital expenditures, and we even dove into team building. You know, George is very intelligent. He knows how to get things done. It's awesome. Knows how to get things done. Man, this episode is packed full of good stuff. You know, before we jump into it, just want to give a quick shout out to all our listeners. We really appreciate you tuning in. And if you haven't done so already, please make sure to subscribe to the show and leave us a rating and written review. Really helps us grow the podcast, attract more guests, and ultimately provide better information for everyone listening. And if you're a passive investor or looking to get into passive investing, then head over to our website at twosmartassets.com. There you can grab our guide for passive investing in apartment syndications, just a quick guide into the world of passive investing in apartment syndications. So make sure to check that out. Also grab our apartment syndication sample deal. It's going to help you get comfortable looking at this type of investment. So when the real opportunities come your way, you'll be ready. If you have any questions about what's in either of these resources, drop us a line anytime on our website's contact us page, or you can message us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. We're posting some great content on there. So make sure to follow us and start connecting. All right, let's jump into the show. What's going on, everybody? Today's guest is George Abreu. George has been investing in real estate for over 14 years now. He is currently an active and passive full-time multifamily real estate investor and the CEO of Elevate Commercial Investment Group and owner of JNT Construction, which focuses on helping multifamily investors with their full renovations. Currently, he's focused on continuing to grow his network and locate more co-GP partners, passive investors, and also clients for his construction company. You know, George, it's great to see you, man. Welcome to the show. Great to be here, man. Thank you. Yeah, you know, we're uh, real excited to have you here, man, really. Yeah, we're definitely excited for this show. We've been waiting to have you on for a while. You know, you're doing, you're doing some amazing things there over Elevate, but uh, just kind of backtrack, uh, you know, from your bio, it's clear you have a, like an extensive background in real estate and specifically large multifamily properties. But for our listeners who may not be familiar with your story, uh, let's take some time, take us back a little bit and tell us, you know, why and how you got started in real estate. Yeah. So um been investing in real estate for, for 15 years now. Not all of that was multifamily, I wish, but um, started in the single family, then kind of worked my way up to some uh, smaller multifamilies and uh, really started focusing on fix and flips um, is what I had a passion in. You know, I, I liked taking those ugly looking properties and, and transforming them. Got to the point where I decided to open up my own construction company. So we were trying to scale and couldn't find good contractors, at least not enough to scale to this. The goal was to get to around 40 flips a, a year. So brought it in-house. Um, I knew a little bit of what I was doing. <laughs> I worked with uh, <laughs> one of my uncles that owns a construction company. I worked with him for, for a while during college. Um, and then uh, actually when I graduated, so I got an electrical, electrical engineering degree while I was getting that degree, which we talked about before we got on. I know you guys are both engineers as well. You know, before I finished my degree, I already knew it's not the path I wanted to go down, but um, I was so far in. Just went ahead and got the degree, started working at UPS in the engineering department, 
but um, I had already started educating myself and, and, and doing some deals in, in real estate. So finally, I did enough to where I quit my W-2 and that was 15 years ago. So that takes me back to, you know, we started growing and scaling, started the construction company. Sorry, I lost track there. So when I went to work for UPS, it was the engineering department, but technically I was the GC for UPS, you know, any uh, mm. expansions of the warehouse, any, we needed to replace a roof. Um, if we needed to do any work like that. Um, I was the one managing it and, and scheduling all the work and making sure it got done right. So I felt like I had enough experience to start the construction company. There was a lot of learning in the beginning, but uh, you know it worked out. We were able to scale up and 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 get to that forty so houses uh, a year. Took it to the next level and started doing some new development as well. And then about four years ago, I kind of um, man, I had been so so that was eleven years in. I had been grinding so hard and just so into the day to day and growing the companies. Um, I kind of woke up and and. I looked around and everything I had created and everything I had done was very dependent on the next deal, very transactional. And, and I felt like I wasn't going to build the generational type wealth that I wanted to build from the beginning. And that's what led me down the path to multifamily. You know, I, uh, we were working on a renovation for a multifamily property and I started speaking to the client and, and he had syndicated the deal. And that was the first time I even heard about what a syndication was. And Take some passive investors and, and take down one of these large hundred plus unit uh, apartments. Instantly fell in love with the concept. You know, you had the scale right built into one property. <laughs> so I, I went deep into getting educated, and, and the numbers part of it came somewhat natural. But I mean, it was still uh, still needed to get educated on on the underwriting, and then decided to put all my focus towards it. And that's uh, right now we're right at about. 2000 doors. We've got quite a bit under contract right now as well. And um, we're heading into 2021 with uh, full steam ahead, man. You know, you, it's it's pretty crazy. You know, you say you got in this multifamily game, what, four years ago is what you said uh, about something like that. And you're already scaled this many doors, man. That's a, that's some rapid action there. That's a, it's pretty amazing. And I want to, I want to ask in terms of that, cause you know, you, you were very successful doing the single family thing. And then, you know, basically out of necessity, you built this construction company, right? I mean, it's kind of one of those things you couldn't find the right help. I got to build this, do this thing, uh, you know, kind of created on our own. But within that, you know, you must have built some pretty successful systems, right? I mean, just having these things going up for single family and then doing the construction. And then, you know, you find this new thing, multifamily syndications, have those systems you built. I mean, obviously they've changed, but have the systems you had kind of built in the mindset and all stuff really helped you when you moved into multifamily? Absolutely, man. I mean, so those systems, procedures that you're talking about and, and all of that, you know, I obviously didn't have it day one when I started the construction company. And um, with the single family investments, you know, we had some of it and there wasn't so many moving parts. With, with the construction company, there's a lot of moving parts, a lot of um, having to trust your team to, to execute. So yeah, throughout the years, I mean, I, I built a bunch of that and then uh, got introduced to the book traction and the EOS system and uh, began to implement some of the things that from that book that really helped me uh, be able to, to run the company and then to be able to run more than one company, honestly, um, just following the way you structure a company and the way you have your systems and procedures and the way you make sure to have the right people in the right seats. Um, so I took, you know, from day one, 
when I decided to do the multifamily and, and, and started Elevate Commercial Investment Group, rather than having to do all the trial and errors, I started from day one knowing that I was going to, what I was going to build and how I was going to build it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, I think that's critical. You know, those systems are, they're, they're pretty critical. And I love that you brought up uh, Traction. That's a fantastic book. And the system in there is absolutely amazing. Gino Wickman, if anybody has not checked out that book, you got to go check it out. It's, it's amazing. I'm glad you brought that up. And, uh, you know, now that we're talking about systems and you've, you know, you've moved into um, being an active syndicator, I kind of want to talk about one of the main points that we want to discuss today, and that's due diligence uh, as an active investor. So uh, we know a few investors who are getting more active, currently building their due diligence process, you know. So take, let's take a little time. Talk to us about what your due diligence process uh, was like when you were getting started and how it's changed or maybe even improved. I mean, I'm sure it's improved over the years as you've gained experience. As a syndicator, yeah. In general, I think uh, the overall concept hasn't changed too much. Um, it's just become a lot more efficient, a lot more software based. So when we go into a due diligence inspection, our goal coming out of there is to know every single thing that's wrong with that property and everything that we want to renovate and upgrade, and then actually have dollars attached to each of those items and have our CapEx scope of work built, you know, ready to go. Uh, maybe some tweaks here and there, but uh, the actual total CapEx budget is not going to change. Uh, and we know we're not going to be underfunded when it comes um, time to execute the, the business plan. We're really detailed when we come to do our inspections. Um, you know, we make sure to cover all the major components of the property. We bring in professionals when we need to, um, you know, we scope all the, the plumbing lines. That's, I highly suggest that. Um, so we bring in the licensed plumber that, that scopes all the lines, you know, same thing with uh, foundation. We get the foundation levels checked, uh, make sure that we don't have any major, major shifting. Then we start talking about the upgrades, you know, and we start looking into what we're going to do. Uh, interior unit wise, we, we use, like I said, software. So we know exactly how many units are classic, how many are upgraded, but not, not because the broker's telling us because we actually put eyes on it. We've got pictures of everything. And we can take all that data and then make it useful. You know, I see a lot of the investors that they kind of check the box when they're doing due diligence, but that data just dies there. So we make sure that that data is actually taken and, and used in our business plan and, and moving forward. Yeah, that's a, there's a lot of great stuff there. And I kind of want to touch on something you said. You know, you said make sure that you know you're plumbing the lines and you know you're not just checking the boxes. And I'm I'm kind of curious uh, in terms of uh, you know a due diligence process. Just in general, what are some of the common challenges or maybe mistakes you or you've seen other investors make when it comes to the actual, you know, the process like, oh, they didn't do this or they didn't do that. I know you just mentioned the, the plumbing and, you know, not just checking the boxes. Is there anything else that really stands out to you? Like, hey, this is something you need to watch out for. Man, to me, the, the, the biggest thing is not putting numbers on things, not putting real estimates attached to what needs to get done and kind of just throwing numbers at the CapEx and then closing on the property and then actually starting to get to work on the CapEx and realizing that you're underfunded and you're not going to be able to execute your business plan or you're going to have to bring in more capital. For me, that's the biggest thing is, is not just getting some of this stuff inspected. It's actually getting numbers of what it's going to take to renovate it or fix it or whatever it is. Yeah, that's got to be huge in terms of the of the entire deal, right? I mean, it's just it's just something you have to do. And uh, you know, one more thing, I think Chris has got something on capex he wants to hit on. But one thing I want to talk about is, you know, you mentioned these people coming in, whether the third party or maybe somebody on your team. Who are some of the key players 
that you utilize in your due diligence process, whether they're on your team or if it's more third-party people, what is that? What, who are those people and what, what are their roles? Yeah, on the, on the physical due diligence, you know, it's 100% counting on, on my construction company. You know, J&T Construction comes in and, and my team knows exactly what I'm looking for and what I want to see. And um, so they're no, and, and then the Elevate team also comes on board and, and we do it together. And then on the lease audit side and, and contracts and kind of checking on all of, all of that, we usually count on our property manager to do that, as well as um, somebody on the Elevate team kind of overwatching and making, making sure nothing, nothing gets missed. Actually, like in terms, of, in terms of talking about things that get missed, you know, I know you said you, you like to kind of take a look at everything, even down to scoping the plumbing lines. Are there anything like with your experience that you find that people might overlook like something that might be a common mistake not not a common mistake but something that like i didn't even think about that i'll never do that again i mean plumbing is probably number one and then uh you know drainage comes to mind so it it can cause a lot of issues if if you've got if your water is not being drained appropriately so you know you have a heavy rain and then if your yard is not sloped away from your foundation or you don't have drains put in place to, to collect that water and it's all going back towards the foundation of the buildings, you're going to have foundation shifting. So that, that can cause a lot of issues. I think of another one that kind of gets, uh, I would say in general, tr- trusting what the seller and broker tell you on some things and, and not really, you know, if the broker is telling you the, the roofs were replaced three years ago and then you're already thinking, oh, I'm not going to have to replace the roofs. I'm not going to put anything into the roofs. You don't get it inspected. I'm not saying they're lying. Hey, the, the roofs could have gotten replaced three years ago, but they used some guy out of a pickup truck um, <laughs> that, you know, did everything wrong and your roofs are going to be issues. So I would say those are the most common. I think it's a pretty good point about the roof, you know, and I don't care really how new your roof is here in Oklahoma. We get some pretty serious weather out here and you might have a three-year-old roof, but it might look like it's 10 or 15 years old with all the, with all the the hail and the wind damage that we consistently get. Yeah, same here in Texas. Um, that's another good point is, actually, you bring up a great point. Another thing I, I see get missed is along this thing with the roofs is if you get it inspected and there's an insurance claim, you can get the seller to file that, that claim. Um, we actually put it into our contract where they have to transfer that claim over to us. So that can save you a ton of money right there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's uh, it's real common, I think. Uh, more common than I think people might see. Just put it in the contract, get it in there, and it'll get taken care of. I think you answered one of my other questions previously, so I didn't really need to answer ask it anyway. So. Yeah, that was that was a great tip, too. And I, if we can, I kind of want to transition a little bit because we know we're familiar with your company, Elevate. It's a great company. You guys are doing some, some major things, and actually, we're familiar with some of your team members. In fact, we had John Acocha, your acquisitions guy, on our show a while back. Great guy, by the way. I love John for sure. Uh, but I want to talk a little bit about team building. You know, uh, we know it's critical to put the right people in the right places. And, you know, between the number of companies that you've already built, you know, uh, what are some things you do to ensure you're getting the right people on your team? You know, one is, I know it sounds silly, but really listening and continually check in with your team and, and make sure that they're, that they feel like they're in the right spot and where they can excel the most. You know, a lot of the times, if, if, if you don't ask, they'll kind of just continue doing what they're doing. But if you were literally just to move them over to the seat right next to them, they'll go to the next level. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So, you know, constantly checking in with them and, and not doing, I'm not talking about a quarterly review or a yearly review, like really going deep and, 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 and make sure that they, they feel like they're in the right spot. Okay. It's a, it's a, it's a lot of important stuff there. Um, you know, I'm curious, you know, you've done a lot of uh, passing and be- passive investing yourself. Like, do you think making those passive investments help you with becoming like a better active syndicator uh, in the beginning and how, if so? Yeah. I mean, I, I feel they, they did and um, they still do, you know, I still invest passively in my deals and outside of my deals as well. I'm not sure if you call it passively investing in your own deal, but you know what I mean? <laughs> um, putting funds towards the right. Yeah. LP. And, but yes, I, I think, you know, the idea was originally was to kind of get a better feel for it, you know, and see what, what other active investors were doing and how they were communicating with their, with their passive investors. And I still like doing that. You know, I, I just invested passively about a month ago with, with a group They've done big things and I kind of just wanted to see what they do with their investors. It also helps with building relationships. So, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, for me and the construction company, you know, not that because I'm investing passively in a deal, that group's going to give me the CapEx or, or future um, renovation. But I think it, it helps kind of open that door and, and start that relationship. Same with co-GPs. You know, if there's a co-GP you really want to um, partner with on a deal, I suggest you you invest passively in one of their deals. You know, you're going to get their attention that way. At least, you know, where I'm at now, I, I get a ton of people reaching out wanting to partner on deals, um, which is great. I mean, I, I love doing that. But sometimes for someone to stand out, they, they got to do something. You know, I'm not saying it's, you have to put money into one of our deals for us to, to co-GP. But I mean, other things like, you know, something else I can think of is uh, just being very detailed about what you bring to the table versus just kind of saying, you know, I can offer my help or, you know, I'd like to help your team uh, be more detailed on what that is. You know, what can you actually help with? What can you bring to the table? Yeah, I think those are, those are some great points. And, you know, we kind of had the same mindset. Get, when we first heard about syndication, thinking like, man, you know, we'd love to get in this actively. It's going to be it's going to be great. But then you look at this, I mean, amount of work it takes. It's like, oh, yeah, we need to back up a little bit. Let's learn a little bit more. Let's invest passively first. So that's you know that's kind of what the route we took, similar to what you're saying. But uh, I think it's a it's a great way to learn. Um, you can learn a lot by investing passively in a deal just by you know talking to the sponsor, seeing their communications, all of those things. I think it's a uh, for us it was important you know just having to see that just to just to get more knowledge you know and like you right. said build those relationships. So I think it was absolutely critical. But um, you know, we're kind of on the point of talking about passive investing. I kind of want to keep going there for a little bit. And, you know, earlier we were talking about due diligence and a lot of passive listeners or a lot of passive investors listen to the show. We talked to a lot of passive investors. So let's take a little bit of time and, and talk about the due diligence passive investors should be doing, or maybe some of the questions they should be asking sponsors when they're looking at deals. No, yeah, absolutely, man. Um, you know, I created early on, I created a uh, a checklist of questions to, to ask the sponsors and, and not your, so there's your typical questions, you know, you want to ask them about their track record and um, just in general, what their experience level is. And even a, a step further, kind of getting more detailed on, on the deal and, and how they plan to execute the business plan. Um, you know, who their, their key uh, team players are that are, that are going to execute it. You know, if um, for instance, uh, if it's a large CapEx, budget in, in, in the project, a good question would be, you know, who on your team has the experience handling something this large 
and who on the team is going to manage it and make sure that it gets executed correctly and on time. Asking for reports, you know, can I see an example report that you send um, to, to your investors and yeah, just a little more detailed than, than just the overall, you know, to me, the, the, the team is the most important thing. Um, if I can't get past feeling comfortable with who's leading that, that investment, then I'm not going to look any further. So that's the first thing I got to do. Um, and then once I feel comfortable with that, then I start digging a little bit more into the deal. You know, I want to know the location, pretty much deal sponsor, location, and then the actual property. Sure. So I, I do have a question about, you know, doing the due diligence because you say, you know, sponsors, the, the number one thing you got to focus on because you got to, you got to trust them and like them and know them and, you know, understand before you invest with them. Um, you know, there's a lot of people getting into the, into the space, you know, wanting to be investors and, uh, and some people are wanting to invest with them. But the question they're having is, you know, if you don't have, say you, they haven't been through a downturn or they haven't had a ton of experience. Do you think that's a game changer? I mean, that's just, I'm just asking, a, it's basically a question just to ask is, do you think that's a game changer in terms of, you know, past investors making that investment with a syndicator? I think it's definitely a pro. Like, I know from experience, so I went through a downturn, 2006, seven, whatever you want to call it. And I know what can happen. Like I've, I've seen it, you know, and, I, and for instance, right now with some of the, where the pricing is getting on some of these deals, especially on the C-class and, you know, paying 110, 120 a door for a C-class. Some of that stuff is, is red flags to me. And it's, it's mainly because I've, I've been through a downturn and I know um, it's not going to keep going up this way um it's it's got to come down a little and then go back up because that's what happens sure. right right so i know with our acquisitions um i'm very focused on on our basis and what we're going in at i don't just look at the projected noi and and price per door that that produces with a projected cap rate right you know i i I look at the actual price per door on that exit do i think that makes sense do i think realistically in five years can I sell this C-class property for 180 a door in this location, 1960s building? Maybe yes, maybe no. Um, but but I look at it. I don't I don't just so yes. I, I think it is very important. Um, now, will I not invest in a deal because nobody on the team has has been through a downturn in, in real estate? I'm I'm not saying that. I will ask more questions and I'll pay more attention to the deal. I definitely appreciate you sharing that because, you know, we talk to a lot of passive investors like ourselves uh, and th those are the things they bring up, you know, because they want to be able to trust people. How can they trust people? How do they know they're getting with, you know, investing with the right team? And, you know, we say some of those, some of the similar things, uh, you know, check the experience, the background, you know, get references if you have to, all of these things. It's, it's, it's critical that they do this and we kind of push it along. So I really appreciate you going into detail about some of that stuff. George, it's been a great conversation, man. Really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us today. But before we get out of here, we're going to take some time and shine the spotlight on you. So tell us more about Elevate and everything else you got going on. Nice. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, we've we've got a couple 506, 506 deals right now. We've got uh, one in South Dakota that we've just got a couple spots on. Great market. A lot of people don't know about it. We've got another one in Houston. More people probably know about Houston. But, uh, you know, Houston's a... It's it's really popping right now. Um, people are starting to realize that uh, you can still get into some of these uh, deals at a per door that's somewhat reasonable. And um, you know we're talking about the fourth largest city in the in the U.S. Uh, very diverse market. No longer 100% relied on on gas and oil. So um, they can check out 
all that stuff on our website. We got a bunch of free content on our website too, which is elevatecig.com. If they email me, I can send them over. Any of your listeners, I can send them over uh, that sponsor checklist I spoke about. I also got a due diligence checklist. And my email is uh, George or Jorge, J-O-R-G-E at elevatecig.com. Last thing I'll mention is I've got a land development course that I'm working on. should be coming out pretty pretty soon. I know we didn't talk much about that and, and, and developing land, but um, if anybody's interested, they can go ahead and email me and uh, I'll make sure to get to them when I release that course. A lot of great stuff on there, man. Excited you're getting these deals going on and you're making some major moves. And I just want to bring one quick thing. Uh, you do have a free ebook that is included on your website too. Is that correct? It is. That, that one's on the website. Um, the checklist and stuff. Actually, I think we ended up putting it on the website um, under resources, but uh, they can feel free to shoot me an email too and I'll, and I'll send it over. We're going to make sure to put all those links and uh, you know contact information in the show notes for sure. So if our listeners want to reach out to you, they can do so. And we highly encourage all of our listeners to do just that. Uh, George, you guys are doing some amazing things over there at Elevate. And uh, we look forward to watching your continued success this year, man. And uh, we really appreciate you coming on the show. Take the time to speak with us today. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. Head over to iTunes to subscribe to the show. And while you're there, we really appreciate you leaving a rating and written review. If you have any questions or topics you'd like to hear on the show, connect with us on social media or through our website at twosmartassets.com. We look forward to speaking to each and every one of you. Talk to you soon.